0: Oh, wait, I've listened to all your podcasts, so you know. I, I, I know, <laughs> I, I, I'm I so
1: people. sorry about that. <laughs> my, my apologies, it was all Carly's fault. <laughs>
2: to the Flick Lab. I'm Karri, your co-host of the night, or also the author of All Your Pain, dear studio members. <laughs> so, yeah, about a year ago, the podcast got inspired about the Finnish Library's annual reading challenge, and we decided to get creative here as well, and we put together our very own international cinema challenge. Our guest of the night, Heli, is very tied into this whole scenario. Hello, Heli. hello. Hello. And welcome, and of course we have our ever-reliable Mr. Henrik here, my co-host. How are you, Henrik?
1: I'm actually wondering, didn't we already, like, finish the whole Cinema Challenge trash already? So, the hell are we doing here today?
2: Yeah, we did get rid of that. But, we are (laughs) wrapping it up into a little small Christmas present. (laughs) Or actually, at the time this episode comes out, it's going to be like uh, New Year's crackers or something.
1: It's almost like our recording schedule got too tight for us and we didn't have time to actually check out a new film for this episode, so now we are just beating the dead horse.
0: Yes, that's me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I I, want to go on record. That was you saying that and not me.
0: (laughs) Indeed.
2: (laughs) Well, like I said, I'm the... Author of All Your Pain to bring you all into all of this. But anyway, this whole cinema challenge, this was built so that we devised a varied and fascinating, at least in my opinion, list of 20 films which all were coming from 20 different countries, which I have been like babbling here in every goddamn episode. But yeah, the goal was to raise awareness of worldwide cinema, give more foothold to films less traversed, and also, you know, maybe to give more opportunities to learn something new i've learned how important it is to know more about the world we inhabit that was my main inspiration i have to say because i'm a massive traveler and have been there are so many stories to tell so much knowledge to gain we have also been kind of very educational henrik we have been explaining the ins and outs of the film and everything that goes around it one of the best examples could be the jelen episode in my opinion
1: yeah, that was a pain in the ass to go through.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that's that would be it. Uh, and on many occasions, we have been blessed to have some fantastic guests to give us the biggest chunk of context for the films. And we have been quite lucky with that. We have had, I think, quite a lot of guests from all around the globe. Okay, but enough of that and. Our guest of the night. Mm. Our guest is someone who has been tirelessly supporting our podcast behind the scenes and has put the good word out for us and uh, kind of spread our gospel of international cinema, uh, bought almost all the films, I think, and borrowed them to friends, right? Yeah. and <laughs> uh, it it made me and Henrik quite uh, speechless in some points in a humbling way, frequently, so... <laughs> very happy to have you here.
0: I'm very happy to be here. I'm privileged. Um, I'm
1: just that—that's what you say now. <laughs> Let's just wait for fifteen minutes.
0: <laughs> oh, wait! I've listened to all your podcasts, so you know. I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm so
1: sorry for. about that. My, my apologies. It was all Karri's fault.
0: Yeah, but whatever you said before about the the. Challenge itself, opening up very, you know, great new doors and a great experience. To put it in a short way.
2: Yeah, but, uh, Heli, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? That kind of thing.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'm just a fan of the podcast. Hello. <laughs> so I'm a teacher by trade. I tre- teach English and French. Uh, some. Very rudimentary media studies at a comprehensive school in um, Eastern Helsinki. I have been doing that for twenty years. Before that, I studied well English and French at the University of Helsinki. I focused mainly on literary studies, and I did my master's thesis on Sam Shepard. So, you know that. But that's that's all my experience or academic thinking about dramatic works. So I have. No background in cinema whatsoever, other than, you know, I like watching movies. When, when I first heard about this, the, the, the podcast itself, I started to listen and I got hooked. And then obviously, I wanted to take part in the in- International Cinema Challenge, because as you mentioned, the um, the challenge the library offers, I had taken that challenge a couple of times, and I realized it was a very good one to broaden the horizons a bit. So this was kind of due for the cinema or movies, movie world in, in general. So here I am.
2: All right. How did you get into movies exactly? Are there some cinematic highlights for you?
0: In general? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I remember, well, of course, we. I loved Lassies <laughs> <laughs> um, as, a, as a kid and all the Shirley Temple ones and, and you know, things like that. And we used to watch country and western movies as a family when I was uh, quite young. Because in in those days, in the 70s, westerns weren't shown on TV. They weren't aired that late. They were kind of the early evening program. So Mm. I I grew up with many movies, as people do.
2: And I remember that I think you were a big fan of Blade Runner as well.
0: Well, yeah, that's later, Mm -hmm. of course. I was a great fan of... The Matrix as well. Lots of of these sci-fi movies, I'm surprised to say. But also, I mean, I I meant to say before, or for some reason, uh, when I went to school, there was this time that they used to give out uh, cinema tickets to, to schools a lot. And so we saw something like My Africa, for example, and, you know, some big movies, Hollywood movies like that. And so that was quite nice as well when I was like 14 or something. I've always loved movies and I'm watching them. I'm not much to talk about them. I never remember who directed what and who played this or that character and and stuff like that. But, you know, I I like my movies.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and if you're lacking any information in that regard, you can always listen to the Flick Lab. (laughs) Wink, wink to everybody. Yes, indeed. For all these nitty-gritty details. But... Yeah, Henrik, we weren't always that successful in following the whole schedule of ICC or International Cinema Channels. Uh, something always came up on our way. Some guest couldn't make it or whatever life puts on us. The movie was still stuck somewhere between, uh, I don't know, Hong Kong and Poland and what we were already supposed to record. And But as these things go, we just magically managed to do these things here. Like, I, I remember we were supposed to end with a different movie, but then, then luckily we had The Unknown Soldier to finish this one off, which is kind of fitting for us Finns.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fitting for Finns. It's not fitting for anyone who tried to actually follow the, the schedule that we repeatedly put out.
0: It's okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it, 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 no. it, it, it's kind of the situation where we constantly make the same mistake <laughs> yeah, because the schedule was reworked like two or three times in total during the c- cinema channel- challenge and we still didn't manage to keep it that's life <laughs> but I- I- yeah. if you go to check it out now the finishing movie, the final movie, the 20th movie of the challenge is The Guards Must Be Crazy
2: <laughs> yeah it is, it's, it's what, it was a totally useless list in the, in the time sense but we did watch at least the films that we were set out to watch. Oh, Okay, except... Except, Except, (laughs) yeah,
1: except...
2: (laughs) Except there was this certain Pippi Pippi Longstocking, and, well, I I don't think I had... I had not specified the actual Pippi Longstocking. It had the wrong year. No, I had specified it, but (laughs) it was the wrong Pippi Longstocking because this was... uh, kind of an amalgamation film out of the original TV series, which didn't make any sense, so we chose one of those actual Pippi films, which is what we ended to do in the first place, so we just gave a little bit of a careful correction to that. Hey, please, this is the actual film, which was kind of awkward, but yeah.
1: Yeah, luckily no harm done, because none of our listeners actually followed the the challenge, and so nobody actually tried to buy the original Pippi Longstocking that we had put
2: out. Or the fact that it's so completely, extremely, insanely hard to find some of these films. Mm -hmm. In fact, we didn't even address it, because it was so (laughs) horrible to state it out, but there is at least one film that is completely out of print. And that is The Blue Light. You can find it in Japan from some obscure websites, but it, of course, doesn't have any subtitles, and nobody's going to want that. It's from some Japanese region of Blu-ray, so good luck with that and all.
1: Yes, and Sucker Cane Alley costs you only like $300 if you try to buy it as a DVD.
2: Ah, yeah. So that was interesting, but we managed to find some... uh, Old VHS copy.
1: Yeah, which was like like five bucks.
2: Which I had to copy into digital so we could watch it then.
1: Yup. <laughs> hmm.
0: And without your help, I would not be here actually, because some of these items were that difficult to get hold of. So, yay you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hayley, had you seen any of these films in advance?
0: I had seen four of these oh.
2: before.
0: So, 16... New films, so okay. it was quite a ride, yeah. And it actually, when I when I started thinking about which movies were the best and whatnot, what I enjoyed my, the most, I didn't even kind of think about the four that I had seen before because they were they were the old stuff. So I was just looking at, or the only ones that came into my mind were were these new ones.
2: So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you have seen Apocalypse Now before. Right.
0: I have a couple of times, The Unknown Soldier, umpteen times, <laughs> Pippi Longstocking, sure, and then The 007s a couple of
2: times, so right. From Russia with Love. Mm.
1: Yeah, the the number eight, which was our UK pick. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I, I just, even though we have kind of been joking here that uh, American films are not international cinema, I do consider American films as international <laughs> as any country, of course, but... So I just wanted to get the US out of the way and into the challenge right off the get-go. And one of the best films of this challenge, hands down, one of the best films, period, in ages, I would say. Because, sorry to say, this was my first time seeing Apocalypse Now when I saw it for the, for this challenge. Boy, what a ride. And also in the booth when we were talking about our military background with Henrik.
0: That was a brilliant episode.
2: I must say. <laughs> Thank you. Hmm. It,
1: it, it was basically the two Finnish males once again talking to each other. The episode, because half of the half of the running time was just our, the two of us going through our military experiences.
0: Yeah, but that's what made it special.
2: Yeah, it's also one of the topics that I don't, I don't really normally care to talk about, but. Yeah, I think we had some fun with that. In that episode, we bought some good points and it fitted this episode.
1: It's also a topic that no Finnish member of female sex ever wants to hear about. <laughs> <So>.
2: <laughs> and um, yeah, we went into quite deep waters with that. Like psychologically, it's quite a heavy film. And then Henrik was recording it in a broom closet. <laughs> 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 to get into the mood or something <laughs> yeah emotional trip and there is this song by the doors the end that that is a great great song I think we should should Henrik do some kind of a playlist to YouTube probably out of these films that could be something
1: oh yeah good idea hmm. you mean what exactly
2: of the film what, music like, of, like, of, play- of this play- film?
1: playlist like you are going to make a playlist out, out of the songs or or you're going to reap the end credits and get the songs from
2: there? No, no, it's me singing solo and sending it to you.
1: Okay. Super. How, how are you going to actually name this playlist? Like copyright infringement.
2: Carrie ear rapes Henrik. <laughs> so we also went to Hong Kong and we had a guest called Mitch Tam. So thank you, Mitch. It's definitely a classic film. Kind of gets you into the tick of the city. There's the cyberpunk color palette in a symbios with minimalist plot, or, or the lack of any plot kind of just floating there, and you immerse yourself into it and this kind of interesting city pulsation.
0: Oh, very. And at, at times, I, I found it, you know, a little frustrating and infuriating because the pulse was so there, it, it just attacks you, especially the, the music at, at the, towards the end the Hotel California, oh my God, I thought, <laughs> um, yeah, that would never end. But it played very nicely, I think, to the whole idea of, of Hong Kong and how everything is, is sort of in your face all the time. So it kind of worked, although it was somewhat infuriating, as I said. Hmm. And I uh, in, in in Chungking Express, I loved the pineapple magic thing that the guy in the first part had there eating the, the pineapples to kind of wishing that the ex-girlfriend to come back or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it, remi- it reminded me of, of any, any kid that thinks about, you know, when, when he's walking or her, when she's walking on the street and, and, you know, if I make it to that lamppost before that car, then I'm going to get a puppy or something. So it was quite sweet, I thought.
2: Yeah, it was also the inspiration for Lost in Translation. Uh, That's easy to see. Also, Mm, Quentin Tarantino made it his mission to distribute this film in the West because he happens to love the film. And and yeah, one of my favorites from the run. There's a lot of favorites, so I can just stop saying that. (laughs) Henrik, any other thoughts about Chunking? Chunking, Chunking?
1: Nothing that I didn't already say in the episode
2: itself. Okay, Henrik, see you at the end of the episode then. <laughs> <laughs> so, also we had a Serbian film, Pretty Village, Pretty Flame Like, first, oh dear, what a film. Like, a tour, tour the bloody force, once in a lifetime film. Yeah, it's funny, it's tragic, sad, captures a very important chapter of European history, of modern day Europe. And we had this fantastic guest, Mladen. Thank you, Mladen. The discussions and the three-way discussion, that always remained kind of positive and kind of mature, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's what you say now, at this point, after we kind of edited that episode like 15 times before we released it.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that underwent like, I don't know, 13, 15 editions.
1: That, That may have been the most paranoid episode we have had ever since ever since Apocalypse Now, which which also was was very paranoid editing before, before the release.
2: Yeah, you could say that we overdid the factoid explosion in Pretty Village, Pretty Flame, but then again, I don't think many know really that much about the war, and it's a really complicated war to understand. So it's good that we did the background. As uh, I would say, well, in Chunking Express, it doesn't really matter plot-wise, I would say, but we did a kind of a Short history of Hong Kong, and I think it's good that we did.
0: I agree. I think it, that that's very good, what you do with the backgrounds and, and historical facts and, and whatnot. I know it takes a lot of your time, but it's in my opinion, it's well worth it. So keep going.
2: Yeah, that's good to know. Hopefully it makes the whole movie-watching experience for some also more exciting. And then we also traveled to Greenland with Inuk. We had a little bit of a subtitle issue there. <laughs>
0: Yes, we did. I had one as well.
2: Yeah, so we bought the film, but then uh, realized that, oh, we only have, we have a Deutsch audio and we have Deutsch or German subtitles. And then we had to do some, some bit of a magic to (laughs) actually Google translate those subtitles so we can understand what's going on. But it was understandable.
0: It was very understandable. And it didn't bother me half as much as i thought it might have <laughs> uh, actually watching you know watching the movie and reading the subtitles of my phone at the same time it didn't take you know but they don't talk that much <laughs> actually <laughs> in the film so that might help yeah i loved inuk
2: same here like uh, such a unique looking glass that you get from the film maybe the character developments could have been stronger for example between well everyone uh, there's the Inuk's relation to his friends, then there is the girlfriend uh, was it or so-called girlfriend Naya and there's Ikuma and the mother, but mm. I still enjoyed every minute of this film
0: It's just watching it and the scenery and I mean an imagery that was there and I think maybe sure they could have made the characters rounder, I guess, but I don't know maybe maybe that's the thing f- in me as well that it doesn't really bother me that they were so so kind of yeah. They <laughs> they didn't say much. They didn't give out much. So I'm we're kind of used to that here. So, you know, for some other um people from other cultures might find it more challenging maybe.
2: Yeah, it was the it was the early spring in Warsaw and I, I had I had been just looking for work and I just didn't quite get any work and I had to find some place to record. I was shuffling between hostels and hotels and Just to get some place to record, I went to the most expensive, probably, hotel of of Warsaw and it was quite noisy and I kept waiting for this guest to appear who never Mm. appeared because, well, he was uh, fishing with his dad or something, but (laughs) there was also the funny thing that the internet cables that were cut to this Greenlandic village so the guest couldn't make it in the previous weeks, so this episode got delayed and all these kind of things. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Hmm. No, interesting themes as well there, I think.
2: All kinds of... Lots to chew on. I recall that Henrik also recommended this film, after all.
1: Yeah, in, in the end, I I ended up recommending... It. It, it was the film that changed the template that we have had in behind the scenes in a way that now there was added the point that in case you recommend it, but do you still enjoy the film... If it do, if it doesn't come obvious during the kind of the, the usual talk that we have about the movie,
2: and then we go to Thailand and Uncle Boonmi, who can recall his past lives from 2010, shuffled around different cinema festivals. Just two words for the beginning: Siam Phimukde I want everyone to know this name. Yeah, Siam Phimukde Prom. God, it's hard to say. But Mukti Pram, Mukti Pram, Mukti Pram. This guy <laughs> is the cinematographer for the film. Also did the cinematography for Call Me By Her Name. And oh, just seems like you can spend pretty much an eternity looking at his cinematography and it's still enjoyable. Like this is an extremely slow film, an art film. We had a guest, Annie. She had a lot of great inputs and was really helpful in enlightening us about traditional five beliefs. Like spirits and ghosts, so thank you, Addie, for that. That was really a lifesaver. But once you start to chive with this film, I think it's beautiful and meditative so i would I would definitely recommend it still, and uh Henrik ended up recommending it as well as far as memory serves.
1: yep, you're kind of giving up out the synopsis of our past episodes so that nobody has to listen to them,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, hey, you know, our core audience is a bunch of these uh, uh, Okay, I guess I can say say this in the air. But no, our core listeners are kind of very, let's say, kind of like very specific weirdos who watch all kinds of films and are willing to listen to all about the different aspects of how this film was made. The good kind of weirdos. So, so <laughs> here 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 is a synopsis of, of the
1: past episodes for those weirdos.
2: Yeah. I don't know how, how this is going, really, because in this episode we have already called our listeners weirdos, insane, what else?
0: Dead horses.
2: <laughs>
0: that,
1: that was the listener herself.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the sense of time is kind of warped in the plot line as well. Forever in my mind is imprinted this catfish princess. Hmm, Things got really interesting.
0: Things did get really interesting, but, you know, I think it would merit another look, another watch, I, I think, for me at least. I mean, the, these, are, these were, you know, it was the first and only time I've seen these, most of these films so far. Yeah. Um, so now I, I just have these kind of short visuals on my mind about this and a certain feeling that lingered on. And this is one of the movies that I I would like to maybe watch again.
2: Yeah, but heli, heli, heli. it it requires <laughs> It requires still like at least one week of every hour meditation every yep. every day, and it requires <laughs> low carb nutrition to kick in yeah. for two months. Yep, to be able to concentrate.
0: True, true.
2: Actually, it's going to get even worse from here on in as we get into some other low speed films. But then there was Germany and the bridge from 1959 black and white film. I remember I recorded this episode in the Wasienki Park in Poland, the most famous and the biggest park in Warsaw. And it was pretty cold. And Henrik, you were late, so it started to get really dark. And I got out of the park, but then by then the whole park was already closed. But fortunately, there was a guard who let me out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The adventures the podcast takes you to
2: yeah, the lengths that we go to, <laughs> mm. but uh, shameless self-promotion. But this film haunted me as a child. It has this mood and atmosphere, that that fog, and the the futility of the whole thing that they're doing there. And rather thoughtful plot build-up. I thought it's based on a book, of course, which kind of tends to help a lot in plot complexity. I found for good and bad. Here I enjoyed it. Memorable locations. Would like to visit this this small town. Saddening, smart.
0: Yeah, and, and it managed to kind of convey the air of innocence that was kind of crucial with the boys and the, and the whole war effort for them, at least. And I must say, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of war movies. I I tend not to yeah. watch them. In the challenge, I might might I add, there were six war films. <laughs> 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 Thank you for that.
1: Oops, yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be even more of them in the next challenge. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
0: but you know, I I did realize that. Okay, I'm I'm not in my comfort zone. This is not the you know I I would not start you know intentionally watch a war movie. But you know, bad for me because this was a, a very beautiful movie, and so were the others here as well. So
2: <laughs> okay, hopefully Says so, me yeah. says me good. Yeah, when I was putting together this uh, challenge with Henrik, there were a lot of considerations, like a lot of brainstorming what to put together and what to watch, and put like half of the films as something that we have watched, and then half of it something like that we have never touched. And I I think this worked pretty well. I was surprised actually how good all of these were. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know if they have to be all good, but I certainly enjoyed myself doing this watching this. And... Uh, Yeah, as you told me, this was uh, enjoyable for you. Kind of a different war movie.
0: Well, certainly, yeah.
2: We picked a lot of different locations here, like exotic locations, for example, Chad and the film A Screaming Man. We did have a guest for this episode, but it turned out that it's actually me. Uh, Yeah, I cheated cheated Henrik and posed as the guest of the show. I hope no one got offended. Mm, Good one. One of those very uncharted but fascinating parts of africa it's a great film it's only kind of indirectly about the war conflict since the film more deals with the the reverberation the after effects of the war the changes posed by war on and uh, on everyday lives of ordinary civilians so powerful and poetic
0: oh yeah and i i didn't really even think about it as a war film at all i mean i i mostly looked at it as a you know depiction of of family and and this war between generations sons going ahead of fathers and them becoming humiliated and petty and and you know all kinds of betrayal themes that's that's more of what i kind of read into the whole film
2: right yeah that that circle of destructive behavior mm, great.
0: yeah yeah
2: all right of course, we had to include some James Bond into this challenge because why not? And and I also wanted to make the, the leap for listeners to go into this challenge a little bit easier because, oh, there's a film from the US or the UK, so what the hell, right? But also, James Bond films, of course, are a big part of the the English or the, the United Kingdom culture and one of the greatest products ever to come out of there, I would say. So one of the greatest cinematic achievements from that direction, the beginning of our Bond Marathon with Tom Franklin from Russia with Love. And uh, thank you Tom, and still thank you in the future, because we'll be doing this in April or May. Still, this is up there as one of my favorite Bond films of all time for sure, along with, at this point I can say, like Timothy Dalton's two-film run for sure. There's something that makes some people laugh out loud, but also Octopussy is on my on my top lists there. And uh, of course, Mr. Franklin, Tom Franklin is not unable to accept it, but On Her Majesty's Secret Service belongs there as well.
0: Yeah, I think, I think there's one from Russia with Love. It's, it's just, you know, a, a darling film is what I wrote in my notes. It, it's such yeah. a good, good mood flick, really. And, you know, the great 60s vibe. And, and actually, I quite enjoy looking at Istanbul and and it really shows you oh. around the city. I, I've also been to Istanbul, so it was oh. it, it's nice to see some of the same, same areas or
2: sites that you can visit. Yeah, the chemistry between the main cast and that it's actually a proper spy film. Yeah. And there aren't that many in the Bond franchise even. Like most of the time it's like, oh, Mr. Bond, would you like a drink? And they're in the mm. other part of the world and they're not supposed to know each other. So yeah, that this is this is proper spying and Henrik what's next?
1: I guess that would be Time and Stray Dogs.
2: I guess so. The odd one out. Like Uncle Boon Me was certainly slow, but Stray Dogs is really kicking Uncle Boon Me in the face in that territory.
0: Surprisingly, this is one of the one of the films that I end up maybe liking the most. I don't know. Oh it's it's in the top. How oh. anyway yeah i i it was really, really strange when I watched it, and i, I suppose it would be if I now watched it again, but there's something it's 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 certainly very powerful. there are so many symbolic things going on, I guess these relationships people that are kind of solitary and isolated, then they they're looking for connections elsewhere, and then they can't really reach them, and you know all, all that, and these weird kind of contradictions about. Then the woman there with who wants to help the family and and it's it's really really strange and there are so many things you can think about (laughs) and and study more. So
2: yeah, and if you miss these connotations under the surface, then it's not going to do anything for you. And it's like you said, kind of this. I guess they are there. So so you can read that they are there, and then maybe somebody thinks that it's just pretentious. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I. Guess we shouldn't go that far. It's it's a film about suffering, clearly, some kind of a yeah. suffering piece to me. And I maintain that the film kind of tries tries to drive you crazy uh, to illustrate how crazy it is, or the how the suffering is in inside poverty. But to kind of slam it down your throat, so it's you're you're in that world connected. Like this is what they go through, and yeah, the only yeah. only way you can realize that is take you on a journey of this dragging on forever
0: mm. <laughs> yeah you really feel it
2: <laughs> yeah so this is about uh, essentially a, I would say a poor family and we follow their adventures around the city misfortunes and all that yeah but this is not the first time that Simon Leon has been directing this kind of flicks so he's known for torturing audiences <laughs> for example what was this flick Henrik this there's this one. Uh, monk that is walking around the town and that's basically all it is, right?
1: Yep. Or he's walking in different locations. I don't remember if it was shot on Paris or where it was filmed originally.
2: Yeah, did you see it?
1: I, I did check it out just before oh. before w- watching Stray Dogs and doing the actual episode on it.
0: Oh, is it, is it the Journey to the West?
1: Yeah, precisely
2: that one.
0: Because cause my yeah. DVD is a double feature, so you know, oh. I ha- I have that. <laughs> Maybe I should watch it. Mm.
2: Oh, wow. So anyone looking for a zen cinema, I suppose, then go check out films of Chiming Lian. No challenge would be perfect, of course, without Russia, so we went to see Prisoner of the Mountains. Uh, we, di- we did have a guest in this episode, but it unfortunately the technical side failed us heavily. But we got to make the episode in the end. So here the two soldiers get captured in the Caucasus Mountains, and the soldiers are, they try to trade them to for a villager's son, but the interesting part is that the cold-blooded emotions later turn into some warm-heartedness and humanity. A great film. Albeit, maybe we saw there something that could be questionable. Honestly, I when I first time saw the film, I didn't even notice that. I just thought that the soldier was being really nice to this little girl, but Henrik then took it into an opposite direction, and it can be there if you want to see it, but yeah.
1: Oh, it's most definitely there. I didn't see it either.
0: <laughs> 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 or I, I, I saw it from the part of Dina, the girl, you know, but she's a typical teenage, early early teenage girl that has, you know, fantasizes about this, I don't know, handsome soldier taking her away from the village. You know, that's that's what girls that age do but i don't i don't think they it was kind of reciprocated the feeling but who knows
2: yeah i just always mainly saw it as that that of course he the soldier was taking advantage of the situation to get out of that yeah. village but also he he very much kind of liked and sympathized in a nice kind of way this little girl and that's it but it was kind of weird when he was just sitting there, and he was already free to go. And then, then he decides to just watch the little girl and not take it the advantage of running immediately. But yeah, that's also kind of to tell to, to the audience that they are kind of very close to each other now. And
0: yeah, maybe as I said, I've only seen these once, so so as memory yeah. serves.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a film from Sergei Bodrov, one of the heavyweights of russian cinema but there is also one very famous south korean director but the south korean director was abducted by the north korea to make north korean propaganda films so we switched on to hong kil dong this 1986 film
1: which is a documentary's take on historical events yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) at the foundation of north korea (laughs) <laughs> I, I I don't know what 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 is this this fantastic abduction hijacking storyline that you are trying to propose here repeatedly on the podcast?
2: Don't <laughs> 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 you like follow the official facts, man? Depends on the facts, I guess. <laughs> Alternative facts, yeah. But the, the story goes that uh, Kim Jong Il at the time gave the orders to abduct the South Korean directors so they can make better films. Uh, back in North Korea, with less visible propaganda, or less obvious propaganda. It kind of hits you under the surface, and there was this infamous stop-frame intro that Henrik really didn't like.
1: I have no recollection about what you are talking about. (laughs) Most likely! Most likely, yeah.
0: (laughs) I I love this one. It it was a delightful piece. You know, I I go all the way for these kinds of movies that are unintentionally,
2: you know, funny... (laughs) Very simplistic plot, and what what to say about it? Of course, we could have chosen something more traditional in uh, the sense of North Korean cinema, but uh, this is how the things go. When I was able to select this film,
1: and being able to select the films for the international C- cinema challenge, what was your exact thought process for the next movie that uh, the Sweden take <laughs> peepee on the south in the South Seas?
2: Well, this is kind of beating the dead horse because I did tell you what the reason is. Because, of course, automatic reaction when you hear the word Sweden. Pip belongs to him. Obviously, it's the for, it's uh, one uh, of the big for be-
1: absolutely no one is, is that oh. an autom- automatic response.
2: Okay, what is then? See, there is no answer. I win.
1: Bad but it- <laughs> yeah, fucking all.
2: <normal. laughs> <laughs> yeah, but.
1: Hamilton.
2: Eh, Pippi Longstocking is something that everybody knows, and everybody knows in the Scandinavian or Nordic countries, and something that everybody in Nordic countries has seen in school, probably at least twenty-five thousand times.
0: Yeah, it is a classic, though.
2: Yeah,
1: a- a- and a character that like five persons actually like.
2: Not true.
1: <laughs> Pre- precisely true. Like you, you, you are you are one of those five persons, Kari. That, 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 that is why you still refuse to believe it
0: I think it actually might be a kind of character that you know at least half of the population even even more I mean they have we have at least the girls I guess we have a phase a pippi phase that we go through where where that's it might not be very long but you know it, it is a kind of a heroin type
2: right it is
1: I I, I just feel sorry for you. Okay. <laughs> right. All of you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but I can totally, totally see that. If you are looking for some feminine superpowers, then you get it all, all here, like a female heroine. And yeah. I don't think that was it, 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 particularly kind of kind of usual. A
1: like, a, yeah, Pippi is kind of a like female ver- version of Superman.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And no one in their right mind can stomach Superman.
2: Well, not Superman. But it was poorer than I had remembered. Like, the well, whatever about the the visual effects were weak, but quite a respectable effort, I would say, at this time in Sweden. Acting, I found, was often poor and deliberately overdone, and the movie gets horribly sluggish in the middle for an unexplainable reason, or just for the reason that they wanted to make it into an hour-and-a-half film. You remember, Henrik, when they were trying to get the Pippi's dad from the prison and it took like way longer than expected like pippi was just wasting time
1: yeah that that was stupid and a bad moment in the film to <laughs> a- accompany all, all the other stupid and bad moments in the film to accompany all the stupid and bad moments in P- pippi longstocking stories all together which is why you actually <laughs> actually avoid Pippi longstocking and the character as a plague
2: or the thing that they had I found this is a big thing for me. When movies ham-fist in some sing along songs, and they don't really carry on the plot in any way, and I found that this was the case here,
0: yeah and maybe it's just you know when you're a kid you don't you don't analyze a movie when you see it, you don't think that something is too long or too too quick or whatever, and that you're just kind of good at at taking things at at face value, and this is something that um. I actually was reminded of when I was listening to the License to Kill episode. You were talking about um, how Dalton said something about the audience having to just accept that when, he, you know, James Bond is flying through the air. It looks like he's flying through the air, then he's flying through the air or whatever. I don't remember. Yeah, at and-
2: the point that Henrik was just unwilling to accept or understand it at face value in the way that he meant it. And I couldn't yeah. understand that.
0: Yeah, and and this is kind of the same same time, or it, it reminded me of um, something that is kind of old. in the In the eighteenth century, already there was this poet called Coleridge. He actually introduced a concept of willing suspension of disbelief in, in any word of fiction, and that's how how it's how it's crucial for for the enjoyment of said piece of art. And and so you know sometimes I guess you know movies like Beppy or PP they go too far um, at mm-hmm. least for the adult <laughs> at least <the> adult <laughs> audiences so so you can't you know you, you can no longer <clears throat> willingly suspend your <laughs> disbelief <laughs> but, but you know it's it's a it's a close line that you have to walk I guess
2: it's so complicated but I think what what contributes greatly for that to work you have to have a world that is quite realistic, but then in that quite realistic mm. world, you have some things that go a little bit over the top, but when there is the, you know this grounding there, I think it works the best then. Mm. But when you start flying with a wooden airplane into an island with some <laughs> monsters, and, I don't
1: know. It requires that you actually have some real obstacles and some real consequences for what happens in in the story. Like in my experience, that is something that really helps with your suspension of disbelief.
2: Right, and you, mm. I remember you know that a big point in Pippi's case, that at least in the in this film, Pippi is always this super girl, right? There is there is nothing to overcome. She just does it without any effort, and also the baddies accept it, like. They are terrified of Pippi.
1: Yeah, and, and that that is, since, since Superman already was mentioned, that is also something that constantly happens in, in the old Superman stories.
2: Yeah, but Henrik, you have to have one of those bad films in a challenge. But hey, we have a country called Kyrgyzstan, and we watched a film called The Adopted Son from 1998. Yay! And once again, one of the most memorable ones for me, and you have these exotic locations, the black and white imagery, you're not sure what to accept because of this this location and and the two fantastic and humorous guests that we had in this episode. We had kind of a scheduling conflict or whatnot to keep it short and we actually broke our own rules and had two guests in one episode, but it worked out fine. Yeah, they were totally game to throw themselves in. I, I really liked that, liked that a lot and they had some very creative responses in the quickies section We got a huge laughs out of that. So Kenny and Bayaman, thank you also. Yeah, so it's basically a growing up story of young Kyrgyz guy. Any further thoughts on that one? uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I loved it as well. And I I do remember now that you mentioned the two guests that uh, that the the episode was also a very enjoyable one. I thought it was, uh, this, this, this is a really beautiful film. And, you know, pa- patiently just watching a, a boy become a young man and doing doing what, you know, guys do or children do and, and get to all kinds of mischief and being stupid. And, and <laughs> yet there are these beautiful, quiet moments as well. And you, you can actually see his, his internal dialogue somehow in, in many scene, scenes. So, brilliant.
2: And there was also this technique of having... Like 98% of black and white video But then there were some of these Colored images in between That was kind of a specialty of this Alright,
0: I don't even remember that Oh huh. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, for example in the ending I think the last frame was colored Where we thought that the Boy and girl are gonna get married But it could have been just some kind of a festive Event or just the kids Playing as far as Our guests informed us So um, Okay yeah. Yeah, yeah for example, these things these are, these are the kind of things for which we have guests to explain what was happening. Mm. <laughs> and many of these films are in that way that they were not meant really for that wide of an audience, mainly for the audience that ex- exists in the target country. So we also went to Martinique, the small French island in the Caribbean oh boy, Sugarcane Alley. 1983. Big favorite, big favorite. Beautiful movie. And the, the history of the island of Martinique, we really went through that, I think, for the first hour and had an excellent guest, Sebastian, from Martinique. And just so happens that he also owns some sugar plantations back there and the movie was all about the sugar cane plantations. And uh, he had also some other ventures and it was a great, great pleasure.
0: Yeah, that was a, a very interesting and informative episode as well. It was great to to hear about Martinique because it is an area that you don't very often find yourself immersed in or the culture within it.
2: Everywhere you go, you you of course find there's World War II atrocities and nobody has probably heard about, heard about how Caribbeans suffered in that. So we touched mm, a little bit yeah. on that. Th- there, the history was most essential. I found like to put into context to what this what this is.
0: Yeah, and and um, it was yeah it was certainly essential to to the whole storyline. Also, very strong imagery throughout, and, and these lovely people that we met there and their relationships to each other, and the whole shebang was
1: brilliant.
2: And I think Henrik enjoyed this quite a lot too. The film.
1: Yeah. No. Like, it, 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 it was okay. Uh, to you, the it, it turned out to be one of the favorite films of the International Cinema Challenge. And even though I even though I did like the movie itself, to me, once again, it wasn't one of the highlight movies of the Cinema Challenge. Or it wasn't this groundbreaking experience. I, I more was interested about the theme of systematic racism that goes through the movie than, well, the basic film itself.
2: Okay. I think it was solid throughout. No points of grievance. Let's talk about the highlights of this challenge once we get through the list. But also, we went to South Korea (laughs) and uh, we, we found a guest to that. Yeah, Lee was a great guest, of course, and I found him randomly in Costa Coffee, as we discussed, and we kind of bonded there. After the recording, we've seen each other a couple of times we went to a movie theater there was this uh, korean film festival and uh, went to see one classic and had some drinks and great guy great guy we've finally found ourselves some action in this challenge as well
1: yeah because action was something that was lacking in apocalypse now and from russia with love
2: kind of they actually were (laughs) not not straight action movies from russia with love after all it's one of the more slowest James Bond films.
1: Yeah, but, but I, I still wouldn't in any way say that it's action-free. And I, I wouldn't say that Die Kiyo either is actually aiming to be an action
2: film. Well, I don't know about that. It's all about action and fighting in the front line. So whatever you make it out to be, like some family relationship drama, it's action for sure.
1: Well... A it, war more, film, more, if you want. It's, like. it's more of a war film than than actual action film. Well, and if if we count it as a war film, then we have to kind of also count Apocalypse Now and Pretty Village, Pretty Flame, both which are also are war films that have pretty much a lot of action in them. Fun. So I I'm kind of a, I'm hesitant to say that Daiku Kyi was the movie that finally brought brought some action into the international cinema challenge action and violence being something that actually did happen quite often in the films that we chose
2: wasn't the name of the film the brotherhood of action though
1: i i I guess it was brotherhood of (laughs)
2: law Haley, what did you think about this Uh, was it too much of action or war for you
0: um i do like my action movies it's not a problem it was a you know there was a lot of war in it <laughs> yeah. which is a really, this is a really intelligent comment huh um no <laughs> anyway,
2: but it's um, it's absolutely true
0: i really liked the um the dynamics and and i i was mostly concerned about the brothers and their relationship and how the the older brother kind of sacrificed himself and made him kind of separated himself from the little brother and and let him think that he was he was getting cocky and things like that in order to save him. So I was kind of, I think, more concentrated on that. Maybe I got something a little different from this movie than you. But hey, that's fine.
2: Yeah, it was uh, the most successful Korean film at the time. And I quite liked it. But yeah, kind of a numbing level almost of of the war for mm. me. Sometimes yeah. I think Henrik said that for for him it, it wasn't any kind of a problem. But um, yeah, hey, uh, this was actually one of the hardest episodes for me to record. Because I, I was like, I didn't know what the hell to say after seeing the film. Like, okay, yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> it. And there's yeah. so much action that I can't talk to in too many ways about action or war scenes when the fighting is going on. Uh, what to say about it? Okay, 20 minutes of war. Yeah, so then I just found myself fast-forwarding during recording to the parts where they actually have dialogue or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: I see your problem. Yeah. But it turned out fine.
2: Yeah, and also the the guest stated the same after recording. Like, hmm, uh, what kind of angles can we find from this? This is really hard, yeah.
1: But that kind of is the structural problem with the whole scene-by-scene thing that we do.
2: I've said in occasions that we could probably speed it up a little bit, say, sometimes when there is actually nothing to add much.
1: Yeah, but and in occasions we actually do speed it up quite a bit.
2: That's true. I think we're getting better and better at it. Also in the chopping board.
1: Yep. But that in the end, like the scene by scene, it, it does kind of, a, as a concept, it does withhold in itself a structural difficulty or a structural hardship. Because you can't always guarantee, especially in in, in the podcast where quite often we co- cover a film we haven't seen previously. So we kind of co- come into the film first time code when we first time see it. And be- because of that, we don't have the pre-knowledge of how the scene by scene is going to play out with any given film. How many times we actually come across a movie where there is... There, there is a long scenes that don't actually have that much anything in them that would advance the plot outright. Or how many times we come across a film that actually has very tightly toed plot where you kind of have to actually address every single scene that you see within the filming scene by scene. And it it, it does kind of make it hard to count before we start recording exactly what scenes we are going to address and and how long or how short the scene by scene is going to be and how often we actually have to speed it up when recording the episode.
2: Yeah, I find it quite challenging and I feel my limitations often in these situations that we should always explore actively new ways to talk about films. But hey Henrik, I guess this is your sweetheart of the challenge, Mali and Jelen. From 1987,
1: I don't know about sweetheart.
2: For sure, it was our biggest workload uh, in this challenge. Research-wise, or anything-wise, really.
1: Well, research-wise, it was, and it was one of the hardest films to crack open for 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 the uh, actual episode. Did call it? Sweetheart, because of that, because it was one of the hardest films to approach. No, no. That, that's, that's, I, I would always, almost say that you have some masochistic tendencies going on there.
2: <laughs> I found that you were really excited about this whole Jelen thing and, and the themes of supernatural nature and tribes and black magic. I think that's right around your alley, and I saw that you were really excited about this stuff.
1: I, I was somewhat excited about it. Most what you most likely hear, hear in, in the episode is is my need to actually try to make it so that the, uh, the listeners of the episode can have the context of the film.
2: When I watched this film for the first time, then I went to Henrik on WhatsApp like, Henrik, Henrik have you already seen this film? No. Why? Well, because... I think we should delay this for at least one week. <laughs> and and we did. And we got like two weeks of research time. A little bit of extra research time. And that was definitely needed.
1: For for year and for a
0: certain yeah. And thank you also for giving me the pointer of maybe listening to the the episode first before actually watching <laughs> the movie. Because it did help quite a lot. It's quite an anthropological movie. Very interesting one. But I, I, I doubt that I would have gotten too much out of it without you guys.
2: So, well done. Well, I don't know how much it matters in which order you go, but uh, I guess it was good that you went in this order. But also, after you know you have seen the film and then you do the background, and then you start to appreciate the film way more, and then you feel like after doing the episode that, my God, I have to watch this, uh, watch this film again. It was amazing.
1: Mm, yeah, sure. So again, are you now talking about the experience of doing the background work for the episode? Because <laughs> our coming to point in, into the film is actually going to be completely different than, well, with the persons who are listening to the podcast.
2: I was saying that once I get more context to a particular film, then it's easier to appreciate and you can find it a damn masterpiece after you have gotten all this context.
1: Okay, because there there is a big difference between background work and context. Background work often being something that, well, I I feel that you and me as podcast hosts, we can't really actually demand from our listeners and we can't demand that people watching any given film that we recommend them to see the trouble
2: of doing. That's right. That's that's why we exist, right? So from the background research, you get the context, at least I do personally here in the booth and yeah.
1: yeah, but that, oh, that of course, it, it does create a disconnect between us and the listeners. Because for us, the experience is that we watch the film and then we do the background work. And through that ba- background work, we can kind of get that first hand experience of what the film is. And we get the experience of slowly opening the film up and slowly figuring the puzzle out, so, so to say. And since we can't demand that from, from the listeners... As well, basically giving giving the background work for them freely right now, giving the context to them here now. It's our job. It's it's what we are supposed to do for them. So for for the listeners, the the whole experience of experience in the film and getting the context that's going to be entirely different than our experience.
2: I'm constantly more and more aware of this this uh, kind of a divide here and. I always try to be, of course, extremely clear about what we have here and try to grab the listener interest in different ways. But hey, listener, if you have any recommendations in, in ways of doing this, any better for you? Because, yeah, I realize that you come into this episode, for example, without watching the film, and you might not understand what the hell we're talking about. But in fact, this podcast definitely works the best in that way that you first watch the film, because we don't particularly always explain any scenes, we just jump into them.
0: Yeah, sure. But as a a listener, I don't really find it problematic that kind of get the context or the background, you know, suddenly and not not having the movie open up more slowly through my own research. Mostly I, I do watch the film first and then I listen to what you guys dug out on it. And I don't think you very, you don't make assumptions based on what you find out. Not too much anyway. I, I don't find there's, a, there's any problem in that sense. And by the way, there are uh, several episodes or several films that I've only listened to the episode of. I've not seen the film at all. And I've, I've still oh. thoroughly enjoy, <laughs> enjoyed listening to the podcast. So, you know, don't beat yourselves up about this. But I, of course, it's a, it's a different experience, sure. Yeah. Thinking, you know, if you only just watch a movie and then figure it out your, on your own.
1: Yeah, and it can kind of a turn a pit, uh, uh, turn to work as a pitfall for me and Kari if We actually someday would would forget that there is we as a podcast host and our listeners we kind of exist on two different levels as an experiencers of the films.
2: Mm, certainly, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm not expecting any of our listeners to dive into like read 35 hours about some Matrix facts here and there. No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, when I also listen to some of our very very early episodes, then I just listen to it and I wonder, what the hell are these, these two guys talking about? So I'm already feeling the kind of the divide. But good that if it works and it's somehow comprehensible still.
0: Sure, and I mean they are um, their ideas, and they are the, it's the background that you know everybody can use if they if, if they want to, and and it gives new directions, and it's all good.
2: Do you think? then that there should be more of a holding hand of the listener if the listener has not seen the film that we would give more descriptions of where we are going or what we're talking about or less No, even.
0: No, no, Okay, Not more, certainly. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I, I, I can already hear the desperation Sorry. there like, please God, please God, <laughs> not a minute longer.
0: Came out wrong, I think.
2: <laughs> Touche. <laughs>
0: Um, I I, I think, I, you know, I, I, it's it wasn't a criticism. <laughs> let's just
1: put it
2: that way. <laughs> yeah, Henrik turns everything into a criticism, right, Henrik?
1: <laughs> well, well that, that that's kind of my whole shtick here on the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but hey, let's go to Japan. The blue light. Aono hono. So here the teenager kills his stepfather. and Wow.
1: Yeah, this, this, I, I, I I took it that this was some kind of a critical darling for you, Gary.
2: I, I saw it as a kid, so it's one of those films that made a huge impression on me as a kid, that type of thing. <laughs> um, Henrik wasn't half as blown away as I was when initially first time seeing this film. Or you weren't really that impressed even about my extensive deep dive research on the Road Racer and the analysis on that. Oh, well. But I really enjoy the cinematography, the pacing, I like the characters, the mood, it's very kind of meditative, and this colors, man, I mean, I'm a big color fan. When you get the colors right in movies, I'm all yours. And this does it right. So Shuichi Kushimori played by Kazunari Ninomiya, I thought he was a fantastic find and a huge talent on screen. And maybe kind of unusual for Japanese audiences in the way that he's very expressive in the performance but in a good way in a realistic way to me
0: i don't really know anything about japanese cinema to speak of, so i I can't put it the movie into that kind of context but um
2: to give a little bit of a peek at it i think japanese cinema is a hell of a lot of wide shots that take forever and very emotionless acting
1: Mm, yeah well i I, I, I'm, i'm kind of on the opposite uh, side on the comment about emotionless acting i i think that that japanese cinema often is very expressive uh,
2: it, yeah it has emotions for sure for sure but it's got a different way of showing the emotion but,
1: but on, on on the actor side also
2: yeah the the way of channeling the emotions is completely different
1: well they, they they use a hell of a lot of very strong facial expressions
2: no they don't yeah they do no, they don't. Yeah, Why they not do. Keep this going? Yeah, they no, do. No, they don't. Yeah, they do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you just haven't been in Finland for for such of a long time that you have already <laughs> <developed>, <laughs> or you have already forgotten how.
2: Are you suggesting something something about the cashiers in Poland? <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> but okay, we also had a guest called Daiki Yoshikawa, a Japanese guy living in Finland, and once again, what can I say? Great, great pleasure, and he was. Really, really, really great to, you know, give us some insights about Japanese culture or Japanese language and its quirks. So anyway, Henrik's favorite movie of the whole challenge, carrying on. And we did carry on to Poland, The Promised Land from 1975, one of the great classics from the great classic director Andrzej Vaida. A long and historical look at the industrial revolution in Wuch. This city that is very close to Warsaw, about 150 kilometers to the west from Warsaw. We had a returning guest, Magda Hotnu. She came to our rescue, really, because we had already organized a guest for the episode. She would have been kind of on the famous level, but uh, things happen and Magda saved our butts.
0: And well, she did. I certainly learned a lot about which at that time, of that time, and, you know, Polish history.
2: Yeah, did you find it interesting? I mean, you sure. find a lot of things interesting, right? But it <laughs> was not so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah, those, uh, it was like, yeah, 17th century, 17th century cars, great stuff, 16th century. So some of those on the background, always fun when that happens in a historical piece. Hmm. It was too long, right? It was too slow. It was
0: quite long and somewhat slow, but I don't know. Maybe that contributed as well quite nicely to the whole thing, I think. It was so distasteful at times. So the end of what happens when you're too greedy and and, you know all this kind of gilded grime type of thing. Maybe you could have done it in a shorter film as well, maybe. But uh, I didn't think it was too long. That's not the... On the, on the surface anyway. But brilliant characterization in the film and a really, really, really interesting historical piece that it was.
2: Yeah, then again, even if you don't always find some particular movie that interesting, you always find some interesting points around the film and you learn so much, as stated before. but Yeah. yeah. One of our long flights in this challenge is the trip to South Africa and the gods must be crazy from 1980 and we had Matt from South Africa to thank for giving us some special insights there. Yeah, this was about South Africa and its tribes and uh, some funny situation made about funny situations made of that situation in this comedy from the 80s which we did not really warm up to with Henrik. Not not for...
1: terribly much. Celab- uh, often be- being the form of comedy that I'm not maybe the the best audience for? Or...
2: Yeah, same here.
1: I
0: thought it was quite fun. <laughs> 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 maybe it was trying to do a bit too much too, and maybe a little too many angles in one movie. But
2: It does it a lot in the beginning mm. and then in the ending it kind of shuts down with that. And I thought it was kind of weird that they got rid of the commentator guy in the beginning, which could have been more used in the end or the yeah. middle. true. One of the funny things in that one was... Uh, you know the guy the uh, he's trying to get through the gates and he's having all kinds of goofy trouble with the car getting through the gates if i had known that in south africa there are a lot of gravel roads like that where you have thousands of these kind of gates then i think that it would have been a lot more funnier when watching it
1: yeah that
0: was so. quite funny
1: <laughs> i i really can't can't say if, if that knowledge would have actually helped helped the scene in any way
2: not terribly much but it it, you can kind of see why they are doing it when you know that.
1: Well, ka- kind of uh, kinda not, because I'm very reluctant to to think that South Africans hadn't already figured out how to open the goddamn gate without the whole process taking you like 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> That's what you get when you break your car.
1: That's what you get when you, when, when you try to do slapstick using simple gate as your framing device for the joke
2: right? As I stated, we need to watch Live and Let Die to get the slapstick, right? Uh, uh, right, Henrik? Right? <laughs> right, 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 right? Like,
1: I'm, 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 I'm so happy that we are almost done with the Bond Marathon and, and we have already bypassed Roger Moore.
2: Ah, oh, you party pooper. No better way to finish off a challenge than go back to the roots, go back to Finland and the Unknown Soldier Tundematon Sotilas, the first first version of this film made in 1955 by Edwin Laine. I was surprised how well I think we pulled off the historical bit and I found that it was quite, probably the most interesting part about the whole episode. I mean, maybe for us, because we have seen these films like 697 times. So, talking about the history, and I think it will be interesting for all the worldwide listeners because, because Finland's role in the world, I still maintain, was quite um, important one.
1: Yeah, I, I really don't see that Finland was, was that important in, in the worldwide scene of the Second World War.
2: I know you don't, but you know what? You're wrong.
1: Well, you know, the, the sir is well and presents his evidence.
2: I did, in the episode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you did, you did. And that convinced absolutely no one.
2: Henrik Henrik Too much bullshit yeah. <laughs> But yeah Heli how was it to watch the film for the thousandth time I think you didn't even watch it and I can totally understand that
0: I didn't watch it this year I would have had I been home but I was in London So um, I missed it excuses, this year
2: Excuses excuses
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> maybe you should disqualify me I'll just... Drop
2: back. And <laughs> thank you for joining us and2
1: yeah, yeah, I'm, like <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
2: I'm really good at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Careful.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's really, really difficult to say anything about the unknown soldier. I, I mean I can say about your episode that I, I, I do agree that you managed to give a history quite well and you know to international audiences who know nothing about it and i i really do love this film i can't really see it from you know from outside or objectively but like all Finns, we know we know certain lines by heart and we we know how we hear the the accents of the characters and things like that so yeah i i just love it to bits but it it has a, a category of its own in a way in this challenge for example i i couldn't i can't really place it anywhere well, to be the best or the worst or somewhere between. I think it's a beast of its own somehow.
2: Yeah, the kind of film that everybody in Finland almost has seen, except the ones that fell asleep during night because it was started at 10 p.m. and then the kids are asleep at 1 a.m. or mm-hmm. actually way before that. But yeah, it's the kind of film that is broadcasted nowadays in Finland every year, especially this this 55 rendition. And yeah. It's the kind of film that you don't really think about it anymore because yeah, it's just part of Finland man and you probably would would want to watch something else on the Independence Day every once in a while.
0: Yeah, probably
2: <laughs> it se- seems like it's now it's some kind of a that you just put it out on Ule every year because we've done it before, so we have to do it again, even though nobody likes to watch it.
0: Yeah, true. sometimes maybe you know these should be revisited. I have seen the the newest one, the two thousand. Yeah. Was it seventeen? But only yeah. once. I quite liked it. I th- I thought the the cinematography and and the imagery and you know was brilliant. And I kind of have the idea that it was quite different. But I haven't really. One should look at them close together and and make the assumptions. This is just a a feeling that I have.
2: Yeah, I actually did watch the fifty-five, eighty-five, and 2017 versions back-to-back and almost died afterwards, but <laughs> it it really gave an interesting view at how, how the film has changed over the years and what are the things that start to pop out as we go on and on and on. For example, in this new version, you have the women addressed pretty well, I think, mm. that they are actually brought into the equation at all, really, Um it makes it more interesting because they are featured there. There is the love aspect that is put into it. Yeah. Great cinematography. And it's, I think, more honest about what might have happened there. But ultimately, I felt it was kind of unnecessary still. For wider audience, yeah, I think it's a masterpiece.
0: Mm. Agreed.
2: But, Heli, uh, what were some of your highlights from the challenge? Anything like that?
0: Um, okay. I think the three... Out of the 16 films that I have, had not seen before, I mean, this is the kind of system that I had. I, As I said before, I, I didn't really consider even the um, yep. films that I had seen before. So the top three in no particular order are Inuk, Stray Dogs and The Adopted Son. Wow. Yeah. and. I'm quite baffled by the stray dogs being there, actually. I (laughs) inserted three (laughs) (laughs) exclamation points after it because I don't really understand it. why. But maybe, maybe, you know, there's something in there for me and I have to watch it again as a, uh, you know, some kind of a spiritual exercise (laughs) or something.
2: Yeah. Isn't it kind (laughs) of like a series of painting type of thing? If you're willing to stare at a painting for 30 minutes, then I think stray dogs works as well.
0: Well, that's
2: me. Yeah, I thought you might actually like it. (laughs) And yeah, I get that about the film, why people would like it. And I don't think this episode would have been half as appealing had we not tied them into the challenge because that gives the listener the incentive to listen to an episode about an obscure Greenlandic film, for example. Mm. I may be wrong, but it didn't hurt anything to have the challenge linked into it. For example, I don't I,
1: I I, I, On my end, I was at times a bit baffled by the whole co- concept of the, of the cinema challenge and i i'm guessing that if if we do
2: this it's a call to action
1: it it's kind of a call to action in podcast that is already call to action like we we are an international film podcast that covers films from every country from every genre and then we have an Cinema challenge where we cover films from different countries and from different genres. It's kind of like we we are already doing the thing that we are now doing as a challenge. And I'm kind of a, if we end up doing a second cinema challenge, I believe that in that case we kind of a, in in the second cinema challenge we kind of would have to have to framework the whole challenge a bit differently, like have a universal theme that carries through through that entire challenge like 20 different war movies from from 20 different countries (laughs) or romantic comedies (laughs) from 20 different countries or something like that but we need kind of a unifying theme for that challenge
2: i think there were a lot of unifying themes not always but for the most of it there was that that i wanted to put out a lot of films into this challenge that would Give a lot of historical context or understanding about different parts of the world, but that's it,
1: ca- that's ca- still kind of a something that we o- are already doing. Like yeah. if if you don't count in like the James Bond run or or the Halloween run, but overall, typically, you know, that that's that's precisely our bread and butter in this podcast.
2: If you look at though the comments in some Facebook posts when we were. Putting out these images about the International Cinema Challenge, it attracted some attention indeed, and there were some, a bunch of girls I remember that were curious about it, and they kept tagging themselves in that post. and Oh, interesting! Uh, why did you choose this film and that film? And somebody commented, "I don't understand why they chose some obscure film from Martinique." But then I explained it, and uh, I think it was you that actually explained it to them and. They were like, oh, okay, cool. So it wasn't just pulled out of left field, it was planned out.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that the challenge itself wasn't planned out. Of course no, no, it no, was. No. I mean, it had to be, since we had a- already tied down schedule and and a lineup of movies which we would be covering in the challenge.
2: Yep, yep. And I'm not uh, arguing against the point that we could tie it even deeper into some kind of a theme in the future if we indeed intend to carry on with something like this one thing is for sure quite sure i don't think i would like to do this in the same way next year not because i didn't like this i enjoyed a hell of a lot of this challenge but i think in 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 a way to keep it fresh and keep us also going in this podcast give us some Motivation always, some kind of new motivation to keep it going. I think we have to shake it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do share that sentiment and I do think that the way that would serve the challenge better precisely as a challenge and something that kind of a has more of a point would be that if we would for example choose a specific genre and then every film in the challenge would be within that one genre.
2: Yeah, we were talking kind of half jokingly, that we could do an African challenge. And hell, why not? We could. Or something more specific even.
0: I, I think that sounds really good. Not, oh, that, great. <laughs> uh, not, not that this one, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one as well. And there's a, in a challenge. Sure, you, you do have movies from all over and all, different kinds of movies as, as such. But to have a challenge, then you, you, you can also... Feel the accomplishment at the end, (laughs) you know. There is a, there is a, there's some merit to that as well. You know, if you start a challenge, then you you're motivated to keep it up, and and so I'm quite excited to find what you come up for for us next for next year.
2: Okay, I was about to ask if Helly would be locked and loaded for some next iteration of this challenge, and it seems like you are. So that's (laughs) that's hey,
0: what am I gonna do? I'm just here teaching kids and having nothing else to do, so.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, surely something else as well, mm. but. Um,
0: well, that's not important.
2: <laughs> is there anything that you'd wish for us to do in 2020 then? Do you have any ideas of your own for a challenge?
0: Not really. I think the only thing that I kind of wish is that it wouldn't be so darn difficult to get hold of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> because it might might start to get a little expensive at some point, you know, years from now maybe, but <laughs> maybe that's that could be a consideration. But you know, other than that, whatever you come up with is is going to be brilliant anyway. So
2: Thanks. Luckily I think nobody out of our audience did buy that Sugarcane Alley 300 USD DVD. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, favorites of this challenge are for, for sure Pretty Village, Pretty Flame. Is there right in my mind right now? Sugarcane Alley, and if to put it in the threes, then... Ooh, hmm, yeah. Wow, that's tricky. The Bridge or Uncle Boon Me? I can't quite decide. Something like that. What about Henrik? Uh,
1: I'm I'm with you on on the pretty village, pretty flame. Um, followed by I I guess apocalypse now. And I'm not entirely sure sure what I would pick for the third one.
2: Hmm. Well, did you enjoy the challenge, Henrik?
1: Um, yeah, and and kind kind of no. <laughs> uh, uh, this is why once again this is su- something. Harkening back to the point that we kind of experienced the films and and the background work. And we we kind of experienced the whole podcast differently than our listeners. Because, or at least to me, this was not that much of a challenge. This was just, you know, us continuing doing the job that we are already doing. And we have been doing for a little over a year now. So I, I didn't really experience the challenge aspect. I didn't really experience the challenge aspect in our cinema challenge.
2: I think in this moment we should insert some kind of an audio clip from a previous off the hook recording of Henrik and when I said oh, okay and next t- Sunday we're going to record the Gods Must Be Crazy and I remember Henrik being like ah oh, yeah like but uh, at least for me, didn't you, Henrik, feel like often that when we were about to have an International Cinema Challenge film next, you get this lump in the throat or this feeling of, oh my god, this is going to be a shit ton of research all all over again, feeling. No.
1: no, no, because I get that for every single episode that we do. Oh, really? But, like, to me, that is a f- that is something that I experience weekly. yeah. And also when it came to kind of uh, wrapping up the cinema challenge, I also didn't kind of, uh, I I myself, I don't experience the uh, kind of achievement. To to me, this is, it, it, it isn't something that there's a list of 20 films that I have to follow through and then I'm done with the thing. Because to me, this is, this was a list of 20 films that I had to follow through while following through the other list of films that, that is kind of on our typical schedule, following through with also the list of Bond films that we have to go through. And now that we are at the end of the International Cinema Challenge 2019, well, you know, guess what we are going to do the next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be in the next episode. It's going to be actually that's going to be on the Bond run, and that's once again that's going to be all the background work and all that so to me kind of, kind of um, nothing ends with the ending of the international cinema challenge I, i'd simply continue doing the exact same thing on the next episode
2: that's the finish finish honesty for you and great marketing tactic henrik here for our international cinema challenge although you know it's over <laughs> now so you can say what you want i guess yeah you're
0: <laughs> you're you're going to be on holiday soon
2: so <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> sounds God. like
1: you need it oh needing... <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yep, yeah holidays are coming here in the play club
2: <sighs> praise the higher powers <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna take a month off or so we think uh basically it's just gonna mean that Henrik is going to be chilling on some beach in serbia and i will be editing these episodes
1: <laughs> yeah that, that's a, that's what well, once again that that's that's another thing, you know, a month off and a holiday behind the scenes of the podcast. What it means actually is that now we are doing a death march, that we are trying to, to have the necessary episodes in the backlog so that we can release them while we are having having the holiday.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, but that that precisely is like, like we experienced the films, we experienced the cinema challenges and we experienced the whole podcast. On a different level than our our audiences necessarily do.
2: Yeah. Or do you experience it differently, dear listeners? Uh, others than Heli. So you can, <laughs> you can contact Dustin. Tell us how it's been. not that it would make any difference. We have done what we have and we are not sorry for it.
1: Yeah, and we are, we are kind of bad in taking in the listener feedback. Also, so
2: Are we? have to make sure that I will not give you the keys to the email box (laughs) (laughs) but yeah alright we are all game for 2020 then in different ways so anything further my comrades or should we sacrifice our lab gods to a Malian witch
0: just a really really big thank you for this challenge that was you know you didn't really I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> after all this <laughs> you didn't really enjoy so much but I did so
2: <laughs> oh so <laughs> yeah. so
0: um yeah yeah thanks for the fa- thanks for all of this and I look forward to next year
2: yeah not to give wrong impressions at least on my part I enjoyed it a lot and yeah thanks so much for joining us to finish this one off alright thanks everybody for this year and uh, Clarification for our listeners what we're actually going to do now after so much pondering and wondering. Yes, we are taking our break from releasing episodes as well. We need to have some downtime to regroup our brain cells and come back stronger than ever. So we're gonna have now three weeks off and after those three weeks we will return with full force continuing our James Bond marathon with Die Another Day and having our regular Bond visitor, Mr. Frankland, Tom Frankland, in the podcast. So Flick Lab will take a break now, and we will return on 30th of January. 30th of January. We will be back. Happy New Year.
1: Yeah, Happy New
0: Year. Happy New Year. Thank you.